I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Down to dunk. <laughs> I think someone just let out a sigh in the middle. <laughs> uh, we're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com. Featuring Dash Radio, 5 o'clock Central Time. With me tonight at the, at 12.29 a.m. Central Time, at 10.29 p.m. Pacific Time, and... 7.29 a.m. in Italy is uh, Alex Spears and Michele Barra. What's up, guys? Hey. <laughs> if you guys well. don't know, Alex lives in Portland, which is probably the worst location for a Thunder fan tonight. Yeah. You know, I was actually reminiscing because uh, the, the year I moved to Portland was the year he hit that shot against Houston. Yeah. And I can remember sitting in my apartment building because it was like almost summer and the windows were up. And of course, I was watching it on an illegal stream. And I heard everyone down the street yelling five seconds before I saw the shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was my memory of that. So I knew it was coming. And I th- honestly felt the same way tonight. I knew it was coming. Like, dude, th- on- the only thing that was surprising was how far away he took it from. Yeah. It was so stupid. I mean, that was 30, 32 feet, 31, something like that. It was so stupid. And, you know, like the Thunder fought really hard in this game and had many chances to win. There were things that went against the, like didn't go their way. And a lot of things that did go their way. And the fact is that Damian Lillard was the best player in the series. And it wasn't even close. And that moment is going to be, Unfortunately for Thunder fans, uh, iconic. Uh, moving forward, it's going to be a shot that's going to be played uh, for a long time. And so just prepare prepare yourselves, Thunder fans, because <laughs> him waving goodbye will be the sh- whenever any ESPN, NBA TV, TNT is going to talk about the Thunder and what they're going to do this offseason, uh, it's going to... It's going to be a lot of waving from Dame. And you know what? Honestly, the Thunder kind of deserve that. Because they, if they won tonight, like, Alex, what would you have put their chances of winning the series? Like, odds. I don't, honestly, that's why I was struggling with the whole game. I was miserable the whole game. I was angry. And it was because in the back of my head, I'm thinking, even if they win this game... Do I really think they're going to win Game Six? Right. And I, I, I didn't honestly. Like I, I, I don't know. I put it. I still put it low, like under twenty percent, probably yeah. like ten percent. Yeah, that's that was that would be my thought as well. Is that this team to reach the point that they're at, where you're down three one in Portland, like they were just relying on a lot of shot making tonight. They finished. 54% from the field, 44% from three. They're relying on shot making. 
and they were they they were really good. I thought they were really good tonight. If that was the team that you'd get every night, first of all, the series would probably be tied in this game, heading into a pivotal game five if they would have played like this. Uh, but they didn't. They're inconsistent. I don't know what the message is in the locker room. I don't know if this is Russ hijacking things. I don't know if this is Billy not being strong enough. I don't know what it is, but this team was not going to go very far, in my opinion. McKelly, am I wrong? I don't know that. I mean, very far, I don't think so. Um, like, but win, tonight, like win in round one is what I mean. I think that winning big, like going, I don't know, plus 15, plus 10 tonight, yeah. after a game like that from Lillard that had to play 45 minutes to, to get this this win for them, I think that overcoming this would have been great for the locker room, great for the players. You never know how a team can react to sort to these sort of stuff. There are plenty of teams that start their playoff runs really bad and then somehow get it together and and find energies uh, where they don't seem to be any. And so I don't know. Uh, you can never again anticipate what what happens after games like that. But, um, I mean, the, the point that you made about OKC should have been um, probably tied coming in this one is what makes me think that having uh, a big win in game five could have been different for them. Yeah, uh, Winning, I don't know, maybe it would have been like um, a game seven fiasco. I don't know. Um, but again, uh, it would have been great to see uh, at least them winning game five and, mm. and trying to, to put uh, something uh, into game six. Uh, we have to acknowledge, though, how incredible Lillard was because this series is not normal. Like you can pinpoint a few players that had series like that. And Dame is one of them. Uh, I think that he played five perfect games like Mm -hmm. almost perfect and and again um there's 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 not anything you can do when a guy takes that kind of shots and and makes them it it was unbelievable yeah he he was absolutely unbelievable uh paul played a really good game he was 14 to 20 from the field 36 points nine boards i thought russ was good 29 points, 14 assists, 11 boards. He took too many shots, sure, but he wasn't like... He was inefficient, certainly, but I thought he affected the game in a lot of other ways. And so I I, I don't know that you can go as far as to blame Russell for this one. I, I thought the, really the Thunder put forth their best effort in a lot of ways. And if Paul wasn't in foul trouble... Russell wouldn't have to put up that many shots. I think that's part of it. And, you know, a few things didn't go their way. I think, obviously, Paul George missing those two free throws down the stretch was massive. Uh, and mm -hmm. then also the charge that was taken uh, by Lillard when Russ went to the rim, where Lillard was still moving, and it would have been an and-one for Russ. Obviously, those were at crucial moments in the game where the Thunder had a sizable lead, and they could have extended it. And... You know, instead, CJ McCollum hits a really difficult runner, and then he hits that jump shot, and then 
puts them in position to win. And, you know, Dame goes to the middle, makes a layup to tie it. And then, you know, Russell can't deliver on, on the other end. And then Dame time. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. It's a huge week in the sports world, fans. And there's one place where you can get all the action. That's betonline.ag. Sports, casino, virtual casino, you name it. It's betonline.ag. And you can go to our URL, betonline.ag backslash OKC, to get a 50% sign-up bonus. That's betonline.ag backslash OKC for a 50% sign-up bonus. Obviously, the big matchups this week, I think that you look at the, the Spurs and the Nuggets as a big matchup. Uh, they the, the Nuggets uh, fought hard tonight and won a big game, and so the Spurs, can they respond? I don't know, but you could go to betonline.ag and place your wager there and get your 50% sign-up bonus at betonline.ag backslash OKC. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to use our URL and support the people that support Down to Dunk. Alex, anything else from this game that stuck out to you? Uh, just the, the feeling, and it was especially true in the first half. That wasn't a perfect half by any means, but that was a really good half mm-hmm. by the Thunder, I felt like. And that sensation that like they have to play perfectly or almost perfectly just to keep up with this team Mm -hmm. and it's crazy that we got to this point like this is the team we wanted Mm -hmm. this was this was what were we calling it this was the perfect scenario or something the dream scenario scenario. oh it was the dream scenario we got our dream scenario we were all so happy think about all the things that had to happen for us to get the blazers all of those shots mo harkless against the the lakers the big comeback with anthony simons all to get this perfect matchup where we were just going to exploit Cantor. And then to get to the point in game five where I'm thinking, like, we have to be perfect just to keep up with this team. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know what happened. Well, in my opinion, one thing that we, I think uh, all of us, uh, did not anticipate was how little uh, Steven Adams did in this series. I know that uh, defensively he he's not the first one to blame in pick and roll coverage because of like rotations and stuff like that. But like if you asked me before, I really thought Adams could have been like the X factor in this series. Mm-hmm. He always get the best of of Enes Kanter, and the other two guys are really like nothing in comparison to him. And his lines from game one to game five are like, I don't know. It's not the, the, the performance that I expect from Steven Adams. And when you realize that your best chances are with Grant on the floor and Adams on the bench, yeah. you, basically, you basically erased the, um, the advantage you had because Nurk was not playing. Mm-hmm. And, and that yeah. was something that I really did not anticipate. And it will be a talking point in the offseason, I think, because if your best lineup uh, that should be with, with Russ, with Adams, and with George on the floor, it's not really your best lineup against a team like Porton. Without their best center, then you are in trouble. And Wait. I don't know if this is a Billy thing 
or or anything else, but it's I think that that a huge part of the series was Adams completely losing the matchup uh, against Ennis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not just that he was losing the matchup because you know if Portland had some like weird death lineup with like mm-hmm. all these small ball guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, what are you gonna do? But they they literally replaced Nurkic with Cantor, who we felt so confident about, and it still didn't work out. That was the part it just it kills you. Like, what does this mean? How, like, how is this even possible? Yeah, yeah, Cantor outplayed. Adams in the series there's just absolutely no doubt about it he played more minutes than Adams did tonight yeah rebounded him he had two more assists than than Adams did uh I mean he's he outplayed him in just about every way that he could and they had you know Canner only had one more shot attempt than Adams did and he outscored him I mean it's just it's a problem. It's it's certainly a problem. And to me, this is what it all comes comes down to for me. And and a change that I think needs to be made for the offseason for this team moving forward is I just don't think that in this NBA with the advanced defenses that these teams have uh I just don't think that you can have a point guard and a center that can't shoot on the same team playing 30-plus minutes together. I just don't think that combination can or will work moving forward. And I I don't think the Thunder are going to trade Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, and so I, I think that they're going to have to figure something out because you know Grant shot nearly 40% from three this season. Like he was really good tonight. He played forty-four minutes tonight. He was a plus one. You have Paul George, a great shooter. You have Ferguson, who's good enough. Like he's good enough. And yet, at the end of the game, you want to play smaller because they want to get more shooting out there. You want to put Schroeder out there, who was also great tonight. Seven to ten from the field, two of three from three. I thought Schroeder was awesome. And you can't and Adams is their third most talented player. And I think probably the smartest guy on the team and not a guy that I would want the Thunder to trade because I think he's great for the locker room. I think he's a great player, but I just think that it is too difficult to have a point guard who like Russell Westbrook has his jump shot. It's it's lost and it may not return. And that's okay because he can still be effective in a lot of other ways, but if everything is so clogged in the middle and you can just pack the paint because you know that you're going to have a guy down there and you have the point guard that's going to want to get there, like all they had to do was pack the paint, and they did that over and over and over again, and it made life really difficult on Russell Westbrook. Now, whenever they spread the floor and they had Grant out there, everything was wide open. Like You could, get, you could at least get there for Paul and for Russell. And so... To me, I, I just think in this NBA with with this team, I think if if you're wanting to extend the run of a Russell Westbrook and Paul George led team, which I I know the Thunder are going to want to do, both of those guys are going to make the All NBA team this year. The minute that you trade one of those guys, or you're thinking about trading one of those guys, you're immediately trying to find another guy that can make the All NBA team. So you're not trading those guys. You have a two year window. 
you have to go for it and I, and I think that they have to they have to explore trades in order to to find shooting from that big position that's and that's my opinion I don't know what what you guys think it's just so wild because I don't know that's that's just crazy to me because one I don't under I don't know what we would get back although you look at the way they played with Jeremy Grant on the floor and it's like does it matter as much what they get back? Like, obviously, they'd get something back, but maybe I should be less concerned about getting, like, a dollar back for a dollar. But do you... So what you're saying, Andrew, and I don't, I'm don't. i not even saying I disagree with this, is that, mm-hmm. like, what you saw from Adamston in this series wasn't necessarily a series-specific thing. Like, this is an issue... It wasn't, like, just a Portland thing. They played against Ennis Cantor and Myers Leonard. I know, but I just can't. I still can't believe it. If you can't exploit that matchup, what matchup are you exploiting in the Western oh. Conference? Jokic? Nope. LaMarcus Aldridge? Nope. Those are the guys that they would have played in the next round. Both those guys are what? way better than Cantor. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree that if you want to play one pick and roll and finding a shot out of that, then having Steven Adams and Russell Westbrook um, with the differences that may make choices uh, to basically let your best guy uh, shooting wide open, then you have trouble. But basketball doesn't stop after a screen. So there are many ways to use Steven Adams in a basketball game to get a real advantage. And not many of those uh, ways start with a pick and roll at the top of the key, maybe with your feet on the three-point line, because that causes you trouble in terms of spacing. Last season, OKC played against a point guard that can shoot in Ricky Rubio and a, guy, and a big man that can shoot higher in Rudy Gobert. But that doesn't, didn't stop Utah to find very good shots really open shot even if like the thunder really let rubio shot the ball the way he wanted so i mean adams is a really valuable player and i don't think that okc used him the way he was supposed to they were supposed to uh, in this game if you feed adams statically and then you don't move he was constantly looking for other players move no one was moving. And so he had to take those uh, post-ups against Kanter. And I know that those shots are not great. And he, he should have made more. But you cannot use him like that. This is not the way you want to use uh, um, a guy like, like Steven. And, and maybe, like in the future, when, when and if Ferguson and Grant becomes more, uh, more of a volume shooter, then maybe it makes sense. Um, so I'm not ready to say that trading Adams is a solution because of all the other things that he does. Uh, and when he was out of the court tonight, the defense was not great. Like mm-hmm. Portland in the, um, in the last few minutes had basically everything at the rim. I know that the offense was kind of working, but it was working for a little bit. As soon as Stotts put back, um, and a scanter, things did not go that well. And so... On, on one end, you want space. On the other, you want a guy that makes the right play. And so uh, 
I I would question if this is a, um, a play style issue more so than a personnel issue. So my question then would be, is that a Russ thing or is that a Billy thing? The play style. That would be. I think it's it's both. I, I really think it's both. Uh, because as a coach, you need somehow to impose your basketball style uh, on your team. And if you can't do that on both sides, either there's no way anyone can, and I want a proof of that, mm-hmm. or like it's hard because you see sometimes for us going to pass first mode. And you see that OKC can manufacture really good offense, even against great defenses. I mean, they killed Utah four times. They killed Portland four times in the regular season with Nurk. Mm-hmm. So they can do that. The point is, as a coach, you need them to do that. You, you need to will them to do that. And um, so I, I'm not seeing my point here. I'm just uh, ranting maybe. But um, I, I think it's, it's both. And and Russ needs to to change something, but also Billy did not do a great job in this series, I think. Andrew, what if this summer they finally convince Steve to start shooting threes? Would that sway you? I don't know. Um, here, my thing with that is: is anybody going to guard him? Well, he's been practicing him, right? Because if nobody guards him, and it won't matter. Like if, like if he takes two a game, and he shoots thirty-one percent on the season, no one's going to guard him. It won't matter. Like no one guards Myers Leonard when he shoots threes. I mean, I I don't know. I think they need real. Like they they need somebody that has actual gravity. You know what I mean? To to have space, like you can fake that. And then when it comes down to, like, come the postseason, Steven Adams, who's shooting 31% from three, knows it. He thinks probably more analytical than anybody on the team is going to say, that's a, that's a bad shot. I'm not taking it. And then we find ourselves in the same spot. And I don't, I'm not saying Adams is the problem. And I'm, I'm with you, Mikel. I don't think that Adams is necessarily the problem. I think he's a great player. He's smart. He does the right things. He makes winning plays. Um, but it is the style of play. And to to me, there's there's gonna. I, I just don't know if they can return this entire group again, and just say, yeah. like, well, let's just hope that that we're healthier. And like may, maybe you do that, and maybe you just say like, we'll get Dre back. We'll just hope that everything kind of clicks in because they were really good and at points this season, like really, really good, like a legitimate, legitimately great NBA team. They really were. And then they got to the end of the season. A lot of it's. Paul's injury, sure, like that's a part of it. He was great tonight, though. Like he really did look mm-hmm. like he wasn't wasn't hurting. I I just don't know if you can bring everybody back. I think that there's got to be some kind of fallout for somebody, don't you think? Well, I feel like what you're saying with Adams is not that you think he's all of a sudden like the worst player in the world, but just like when you look at this roster he seems to be the most easily movable piece that might bring back something. Because yeah. it's, really it's really him or Schroeder. And I don't know what you're really getting for Schroeder. Whereas Adams still has, you know, like, people like Adams. Like, he's a good player. Remember how we talked about him at the beginning of the year? 
Yeah. Literally like five months ago. Yeah. We were like, could this guy potentially get some all-star votes? Are we going to get three <laughs> all-stars? We were serious and we were partially justified. He was really good during that part of the season. Absolutely yeah. justified. And to me, you can probably g- trade Adams and get something back. And then you can get a center on the market that's obviously not going to be as good as Adams because he is very good and everybody's going to talk about his contract, blah, blah, blah. I get it. And he wasn't good in this series, but during the regular season, I would say that he was mostly worth that contract. But you can find like a Robin Lopez who's not going to probably make much money next year that that level of player that can come off the bench and be your quote-unquote big guy like that. That can come in, set screens, do the dirty work. Like you could, You're going to be able to find those guys. Like Over half the league are free agents this summer, and big guys like that are not going to be in super high demand, mostly because there's so many good centers in the league, uh, and there's not a lot of teams that really, really need a guy. And there's going to be a lot of these guys out there. I mean, the Thunder got New Orleans Noel who was not stupendous tonight for the Thunder on a minimum deal. And you're going to be able to go find somebody else. So I'm not – I don't I don't think the, the center position is worrisome. I mean, the Bucks got Brooke Lopez for the minimum this summer or last summer, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can, find, you can find a big man that's worth something out there. And so I don't know if we want to go into my trade idea or not on this episode – uh, yes was, yeah you was this the one that you guys talked about on monday and then never returned to yeah i don't know if we you, want to do that today what you yes can't, you can't tease it twice <laughs> <laughs> okay so my trade idea is steven nick adams Stous- steven adams for the free agent nick stauskas if we can find <laughs> some space to know um the trade idea is steven adams for kevin love and it's not a trade idea that's probably new. I'm sure a lot of people have thought of it. Um, But I think that if you are moving forward with the core of Russell Westbrook and Paul George and you would not consider trading Russ or moving on from him, which I don't think the Thunder will do, which I don't think is necessary at this point, uh, I think that you do need to make a change. And I think that you do... This team just has struggled to score the basketball so much. And at the end of the last two games, the most important games of the season, they could not play Steven Adams. They could not do it against a team, like we said, that should be they should be able to exploit the matchup, but they couldn't do it. And in my opinion, it's the shooting thing. It's the non-shooting point guard with the non-shooting center. And I, I get that this would change your defense a lot. You would have to make adjustments. And sure, you absolutely would. But I think the the benefits that you could reap on the offensive end would be massive. Uh, and Kevin Love, he's a good rebounder. He's a really good passer. I think that he would make the Thunder a really dynamic offensive team. And if you don't... Like, and again, if you reach a point where you're like the defense is just getting murdered for the Thunder, you could you could have a center there. You could put Jeremy Grant in. Like you could figure stuff out. Like you can be versatile. Like a lot of teams have to do that, and you find ways to do it. Uh, and so, like 
to me, that's like the most realistic trade I could think of that would actually bring back nice value for the Thunder. His contract is worse than Stevens, <laughs> so it goes on for the next four years, which is a long time for a guy that has uh, trouble with injuries. It's a, But to me, it's kind of a swing for the fences with the Russell Westbrook as your leader of your team. He's a guy that obviously he went to school with Russell. They know each other well. I think they've always kind of wanted to play with each other. And for the Cavs, I don't know if this is something the Cavs would want to do, but one, it shaves off two years of that big deal. And it gives you a big man that can kind of grow with some of your young guys because Steven's still young. He's a great culture guy. I think that he'd be helpful uh, to that Cavs team and kind of their development with Colin Sexton and uh, Jetty Osman and those guys. So that's my idea. Oh, my God. Ennis Cantor just tweeted, all caps, can play Cantor. Oh, God, help us. <laughs> help us. How we got, like, OKC and Russ, they just got so dominated. Absolutely like, dominated. Westbrook lost that matchup against, I've never seen him just get dominated by another point guard over and over again. Over that, Because, like, with Steph, it was different. Because he was the underdog, so like you, you're always rooting for Russ, like because he's an underdog. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this series, like we were the favorite. Like, look at who on ESPN picked. You know, I think there was like one person that picked the Blazers. Yeah, and so like we came into this series as the favorite, and to just get dominated in a series where there's a ton of trash talk, mm-hmm. and the and the way in which it happened, both with Dame and with Cantor, it's just man. This is brutal. It's brutal. Uh, I'd like to thank Price Edwards and Company for sponsoring today's show. Price Edwards and Company is Oklahoma's largest full-service commercial real estate firm, and it's called Oklahoma. It's home for 31 years. With offices in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, they can take care of all your commercial property and management needs. Their expert staff of brokers and associates specialize in retail, land, office, industrial, and apartment leasing and sales. And they're available to help you today. And I know that a lot of these dudes are basketball fans. And they can help you wallow in your thunder sorrows and help you with your real estate needs at the same time. So please visit PriceEdwards.com for more information. They're a wonderful organization, so please go to PriceEdwards.com. Dot com and support the people that support down to dunk. I I, I still have doubts on, on Kevin Love, um, mainly because I mean, you are really putting yourself into a wizard situation uh, in terms of salary cap. <laughs> like five years of well, four years of Russ and Love. Mm-hmm. That may very well be um, on the, well, I, I, I don't want to say that, but on the wrong side of their careers sure. for four years. Yes, you have like one one full season of those two with PG. But I I, I would try to, to do something smaller. Because it's, I, I don't think it's the perfect fit. I really would love to find a center that can shoot on the open market, 
but as a replacement of Noel and maybe Keith or whatever. You yeah. can find those guys. Um, I know that running these back seems awful, but the, the Blazers did the same. <laughs> like they just ran it back. They tweaked a little bit and what they, what they actually did, I, I didn't even like that because Seth Curry for uh, Napier who had like a great season or um, not bringing back at Davies. So mm-hmm. like sometimes having an extra year of the same core with Schroeder, with Grant improving, with Ferguson improving, with maybe Robertson back, um, you can move them if, if you if you if you find a team that wants to to have some uh, hope of uh, on the defensive some some help on the defensive side. You can try to move Schroeder. You can try to to do little things. Uh, yeah. You can use your mid-level exception. I, I know that this doesn't sound amazing and it doesn't sound like the best thing you can you can do on the offseason, but sometimes finding why all this happened uh, instead of reacting uh, is more important. Uh, and again, if, if the handle that you have is Russell Westbrook, um, you need to figure out a way to to make it work with what you have. Because I don't think that a simple switch between Steven and Love can can make up for the issues that these team have. Um, and so... Okay, so tell it, me this. It, yeah. Tell me this. Yeah. If you're put in a situation where you have to choose between changing, the, changing one of the core players or switching the coach, what are you doing? Today... I would probably switch the coach to like, it depends. What's, what's the alternative? Like if I can get, um, not like Kevin McHale and, or, uh, Mark Jackson and, or, uh, Vindel Negro, then I would probably try to see if there is a coach that has a better, that can have a better handle handle on, on Russell Westbrook. And and try to see if that works before trading Stephen Adams. Because to be honest, um, if Stephen has like a, a better season of this one, a slightly better, or even the same season without the same ending, mm-hmm. with two years on his deal, it becomes m- much more valuable to to um, say to another team. And so you you can get assets for Stephen Adams next season. Mm-hmm. while doing it right now and maybe there is a trade that makes sense uh like someone becomes available um not the stupid scenario i told you on the phone uh <laughs> like <laughs> kd begging to to be back to okc and and yeah. uh, the word the, actually steven adams for the warriors makes a ton of sense yeah uh, because they they need a guy a guy like him they they brought back Andrew Bogut, uh, but that is not going to happen. But if you get something like that, then of course. If you, but 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 not for a guy that is injury prone, that don't okay. want to play the center position. So we would all probably agree Kevin Love has pretty low trade value. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, <sighs> there are other ways that you could probably get him. Yeah. You know. You, yeah. Sure. You could trade the expiring contract of Andre Robertson and mm-hmm. and Schroeder and probably a pick, and you could probably get him. Yeah. 
I'm still not convinced it's a good trade. Sorry. <laughs> that, that you wouldn't do that trade? trade? No. No, to be to, wow. to be fair, no. Wow. I, I don't like the fit. I, I don't like the, the 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 contract, and I don't like the defensive yeah. fit. I'm I'm really scared. Like, if you want to 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 spend 24 millions, I there are a list of players that you can go to before Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, can I, I ask you guys I, a trivia question? Yeah. This is from ESPN Stats and Info. I'm terrified. The Thunder led by 15 with six minutes and 55 seconds left. The Thunder had won their last 239 games when leading by 15-plus points with less than seven minutes to play. Do you guys remember the last game where they lost in that scenario? Because I do. I mean, I didn't remember but <laughs> in front of me, but I, I do remember the game, and you will too. Can you can you um, say it again? So so basically, 15 the, points plus 15, fifteen with seven. Yeah, with seven minutes to go and losing the game. Two hundred and thirty-nine games. That's a lot of games. Yeah. I don't think that in game seven, in game six, they were that high. On on the Warriors. No, this is going way back, way back. It, is it, it Miami? Mav, the Mavs game. It was the Mavs game. Yeah. The game, those two games, the game three and game four still haunt me. And this game will be right up there with it. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the Western Conference Finals, May 23rd, 2011. Yep. Wow. One other thing to tell you, Joseph, Joseph, Nurkish, Joseph, Joseph. I guess uh, Royce is reporting that the Thunder locker room still isn't open. That a few players have yeah. spoken with reporters, Schroeder, Ferguson, and Adams, but the locker room is still not open. Well, they're just they're having their they're finally having their players only meeting <laughs> that we've been waiting for. They're going to get things together for Game Six. All right, they're going to get this figured out. <laughs> I saw some things I like. No, Nurkic is wearing a shirt that says, <laughs> "I just got, saw it." Got bricks. Next question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are going to get, well, not we, but Thunder, specifically Westbrook, are going to get destroyed. They're yeah. going to get destroyed. So here's, and so here's the question. Is this core strong enough to do what the Blazers did, where you keep it together, you don't trade anybody, you lean on one another, you go into the next season, you try to find ways to get better, and you ride together like that? Or is this going to be something that's going to blow them up? You know, like, I, I don't know that I know the answer to that. But I think like that's a huge question that Sam Presti has got to figure out and figure out kind of quickly is, is this the team? And maybe it is. I mean, the Blazers are definitely an example of a team that kept it together. You said it earlier, McKelly, that they kept it together. They got better, and they, you know, let that that pain from last year make them stronger and better and more composed and more driven. Whereas with the Thunder, like since the beginning of this series, like you, I, I, I hadn't seen that same level of focus, composure. Didn't see any of that. I just saw a team that came in and thought that they were going to win. 
and they played like they thought they were going to win, and they got their butts kicked in the series, and they got embarrassed, and they got this is in the most embarrassing fashion possible. Ennis Canner is their starting center who outplays Stephen <laughs> Adams. Damian Lillard just completely outplays not only Russell Westbrook, but also Paul George. They beat him on a last-second shot in Game 5. They beat you in five games. You get one game. And it, this continues the streak of them not being able to win on the road since Kevin left. I mean, yeah. it is in the most embarrassing fashion possible. And is that going to make you better? Or is that going to make you dig your heels in and talk about how and, and make you think that, you know, like, whatever. I'm still good. I'm still Russell Westbrook. I'm still Paul George. Because, I mean, they were just too cool for school for the last two years. Yeah, I, I think there's some major differences between this team and the Portland team. One is that Portland had a coach in Terry Stotts who, going back for many years now, everyone around the league seems to really respect and hold in high regard. Whereas it's always felt, or it hasn't felt that same way with Billy Donovan. Um, it's always felt like one more loss and he could be on the hot seat. And and Terry Stotts did feel that way at the end of the last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other the other thing is that they were only coming off of one, well, I guess two first-round exits in the last two years, whereas now the Thunder are going to be coming off three first-round exits. And the other thing is that the Blazers weren't coming off of this major franchise change in the last couple of years, whereas, like, the Thunder with KD leaving, like that was a clear demarcation in the history of this franchise. Mm-hmm. And so everything that's happened since then has been judged as like, this is the post KD era. This is the Russ era. And so there's so there, it just feels like there's so much more pressure. They did have a Marcus leave. That is yeah. true. That is true. Not the same though. Not but Obviously it's... not the same caliber of player, but yeah. It's it did but, kind of feel like that that team was going to be kind of done and rebuilding and they just yeah. never were after that. Yeah, I but it, I it, think. It, oh, yeah, sorry, no, no, no. Finish your. Oh, I, I was just going to say, everything that's happening right now with this team feels so much about Russ's legacy, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it didn't really feel that way with Dame. Now Dame has like elevated himself to higher and higher levels each season. So he's kind of just like keeps exceeding our expectations. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Russ, it's feel like it's happening in the opposite direction. Yep. Like yep. we keep getting disappointed each and every year. And at some point we're worrying, like, is this just going to be how it is? And so it does feel different than that scenario because there's just so much pressure and so much more, I don't know, more gravity because of the fact that this guy was the MVP two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just feels different to me Uh, yeah and and, and to me that's the reason why i feel like i just don't know if a run it back and let's just try it again is the right thing to do when really you've got two you got two seasons left yeah with, with this group and if you if you keep just trying the same thing and obviously this isn't the same thing as last year but if you, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I going through that whole season with this team, to me, I think it would be a mistake to even just make tiny moves around the fringes. I just didn't, I didn't see 
the the a team that could make an extended playoff run for more than like a month. You know. Yeah, I know. Um, I think there is th- something uh, to say about the way OKC went down in the last three seasons because it's different. It's different on the eyes of Russ. It's different on the eyes of every everyone. I think the first season it was well he was with no one, like there was Samaj Kristen playing big minutes in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you could say well if he had a better supporting cast then maybe it's not him. The second season was, well, with Mel on the team, Utah got whatever they wanted. Without him, they were a 55-win win, win team. And this season, you have nothing. It's you, it's PG, and it's Adams. Hmm. It's you three being this level. Or at least you played at this level. And so there's no hiding. There's no Melo, there's no scapegoat. In the last game of the season, right. your role players did not fail you. Schroeder was like, great. Dennis Grant Schroeder was great. great. Yeah. Grant was awesome. Grant was not was not good, was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most efficient, well, it, it was surely the most efficient player on the court. And and so where can you hide? You cannot. cannot. And after the summer, you either go back and be a better player that understood your uh, the mistakes and, and, and that understands that the way you're playing is not leading you the way you are playing meaning both Russ and, and George don't leave you don't leads you anywhere mm-hmm. and so there is a hope for that and maybe they will look uh, into into find a coach that can guide them in different ways, because um, I don't think, I, I really don't think that Billy had a great series. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it was very, very slow to react. Yeah. Like, uh, I know that they were plus 15, <coughs> sorry, um, and we were plus 15 with, with seven to go. But as soon as Ennis and Lillard went back to the court, that small ball lineup really didn't work as, as well as, uh, as, as it was. And, and you don't want, as a coach, to to make a move and then let it go dry. You want to make a move, ride it until it's hot, and then make another move, make another change. Be on the top of that. Do not be on, on like always um, uh, chasing the other team. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that other coaches are um, are worse than Billy in certain areas, naming defense uh, and and developing because Billy is great at both. But offensively and in the in-game adjustment, I don't think he, especially uh, in the second part of uh, both these and last season, he was very good at it. Yeah, he was. I thought Billy was good in 2016. I thought he made good adjustments throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year after, I thought he was abysmal against Houston, where yeah. he wouldn't give the keys to Vic to run the second unit. Everybody been calling for it all season. He waited till the last minute to do that. Uh, last season, I thought that he <laughs> did not handle that series well. And then this season, I don't think he did a good job in this series either. Obviously, the small ball lineup was something that could be effective. And he waited to go to it until they were desperate. Until they're absolutely desperate. And I just, 
I, I just he you're right. He's he was too slow to adjust. And I, if and if I if I'm Billy and if I'm the Thunder, I think you just take a look at the situation and say, you know what, I'm not sure this is working out for anybody for anybody here. Yeah. And Billy can go back to college. He can probably choose what program he wants to coach. Oh yeah, sure. And he's a he's an Hall of Famer coach. He's he's a good coach. He is oh, a yeah. in, in, probably a great coach. He is probably he's just not the right coach for this group, and that's okay. Like that's okay, and I think it's I think it's okay to say that at this point. I think there's enough evidence there, and I don't know who the right coach for Russell Westbrook is. Uh, I'm skeptical that there is that guy there, and I don't know what they would do. And I understand, like, the Fire Billy Donovan crowd has wanted this to happen for a long time. But I'm still I'm still a little skeptical of it because I just don't know what the, the next move is. Like, what do you do? Like, do you, are you going to get on in on the Monty Williams thing? Like, I don't know. Like, what are you going to do? No. Like what are they gonna do? That's there are pl- there are plenty of assistant coach coaches that are worth considering. I know that yeah. doesn't sound like uh, a great thing, but there are there are like very very good coaches over there, and yeah. I'm sure. I know, but who, I know, I know, I know. But like that's you're gonna have bring somebody in that is. I mean. Th- that that person, they're gonna be paid less. They're not gonna have the, the. You need somebody that has the moxie to deal with Russell Westbrook at this point in his career. If you're gonna make a change, you like you 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 better be sure because you have a limited run with these guys. And I, I don't know that you can take a risk on an assistant at this point. You know what I mean? Like I just don't know that you can bring a guy hmm. up. And say like, Interesting. I hope that you can do this because no, no one's ever seen no. you do it. Like I just, I just don't know. Like that, that would, that would scare me a little bit. I know, I know. Um, but you have to get the right person. Don't get me wrong. You don't get any assistant coach, but you can get someone. Um, I don't think that Russ respects you because of your money or your status. I don't think he's a guy like that. Yeah. He, and so you need to get the right guy. You probably need to get the guy that Russ thinks is a good guy, or maybe not. I don't know. But do you any, think that anyway. they would try to go for another college coach, or do you think that they would see this happen and then they would just be like, ah, I don't think so? The, the latter, I think. What do you think, Alex? I think they'll go to uh, even lower levels. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what about Mark Few? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 Are, are no, people no. really talking about him as a guy? Just a name. You, I, I just you, don't know how you bring anyone in to, to coach Russ that he doesn't know. I like, like bringing in someone like, uh, like the Suns did with Igor, Coach Igor. He was, he was going to be so smart. He was going to be this great coach, and everyone was like, oh, great hire, great hire. He was, by the way, the, what? the rest of the of the front office. And, and I, I'm not even saying like I disagree. He's a good coach. But like the idea of bringing in like a random guy like him and that he's going to be able to connect with Russ, 
Like, how do you judge that? Like, how do you even make sure that's going to happen? I don't think you can just go out and hire a guy based on his credentials as like a good assistant coach mm-hmm. and just assume it's going to work out with Russ. I know. Cause I do feel like, I feel like that's what they did with Billy and it made sense cause he had a, he had great credentials, but there, there were even moments tonight. We haven't really talked about it yet, but when he called the timeout, you know, when, uh, yeah. that was, that yeah. was like in the first quarter. That was weird. That was a weird thing. And there was one other moment where Russ was at the scores table with Adams and Billy like stopped Russ and like let Adams go in, but held Russ back. It was just two weird things that I just hadn't seen a lot this season. Just random interactions with Billy. There aren't a lot of like Russ Billy interactions that I noticed. And I happened Mm -hmm. to notice two tonight. So I thought that was notable. Um, But yeah, I just, I just don't feel like you can just go out and hire a random assistant coach. If this was a young team, like I would feel more confident about that. Cause I do think we have a really good ownership group. I feel like we have a really good GM. I feel like we have a really good system in place, but I feel like Russ just compl- or complicates a lot of things. Coach Perk. Sure. <laughs> it's it's, it's a bit too fun. soon for that. <laughs> coach Nick Collison. That's way too soon for that. It's, hey, it's really way hey, too it soon. worked for Derek Fisher. Just saying. And Jason oh, Kidd. Yeah, it, did, it, didn't, it didn't work for both. I know. Either. I'm just joking. I'm joking know, about uh, those two suggestions, too, just by the way, because those will be names that will be brought up that people no, will no, 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 take seriously, no, 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 that you no. should not take seriously. And I don't know about Fisher. Um, I mean, he, he was coaching a crappy team. Oh, and, I know about Fisher. I'll tell you. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't. I, I wouldn't go that route. Um, I would hire Collison uh, or Perk in the coaching staff um, sure. to, to give them reps or in the front office to give them reps for the future uh, because, believe it or not, the future will be uh, here and Russ will probably not be um, a Thunder player for the next 20 years. So mm-hmm. uh, they, they need to think about that as well. But, I mean... Take take the Raptors. The Raptors did something really daunting in um, firing a good coach who did okay uh, with the Pistons. I think he did maybe more than okay in some occasions. And they brought brought in like someone who I probably heard name once or twice in my in my life, mm-hmm. and it was good for them. They don't play the time. He's already on their bench, bench though. I know. Thing. I I know. I know. Uh, but there are coaches out there that have been on the Thunder bench and that that have been successful wherever they went in terms of uh, of coaching. I don't know if they have the personality to be an, um, a head coach, um, but maybe they maybe they do. I again, to me at this point, it's important to get someone who has the right ideas mm-hmm. and who can who can communicate those ideas. Uh, and maybe it will be Billy Donovan again. And maybe they will give uh, another chance to this group um, and then decides what to do next year. I don't know. Um, I really don't know. At some point in this season, we all thought this is a very good team. Mm-hmm. Very, very good team. And Russ was still shooting like, I don't know, 12% from the field. Yeah. And then they were still winning and winning against good teams. So you, you see the high, the, the highest points that this team can reach. 
and you wonder if you can get consistency. Well, consistency is the word, I think. They never had. Uh, 100% the word. That is yeah. the word that they never had this season. You can you can break up the seasons that they had. They had their like great defensive start where they were the best defensive team in the league. And like, oh, this is their identity. This is who they're going to be. And then they start shooting the ball well in January. It's like, oh, now everybody can shoot. This is great. Everybody shoots. The defense is kind of fading but that's fine and then the shooting dies and paul george injures his shoulder and then it's like oh well they're just the worst team in the nba now like (laughs) i mean that's how the season went and it it was kind of the same last season too where you could mark off like this happened this part of the season this is who they were here and this is who they were there and it wasn't big personnel changes that were happening during the season it was the same guys you did have robertson go down i get that and they weren't able to figure out a way to keep the defense going. And to me, when they got to the playoffs, their identity was such a mess that they couldn't figure out a way to win game to game. Yeah. They didn't know what they yeah. were doing from game to game. And that's where I do think that it's it's a coaching problem because you, I think you get your identity from... I mean, in Russell Westbrook, maybe he's just too erratic to be like the culture setter for the Thunder. They need somebody else. And that's why I just don't... Can you get a culture setter that's like a... Like David Vanterpool, who is the assistant coach for the Blazers. That's the name I was I was thinking. Like, that's, thinking. A, that's a guy that has been brought up a lot. And he's, he's good. He's a, he's good, he's a good, good coach. And I just... Is, is that a guy that you can bring in? And can he come in and set the culture? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. He was, David Vanderpool was one of my favorite players to watch uh, in Europe. He he was a sharpshooter, very smart, always in control, always playing with good tempo. He's, he's a guy that that makes a ton of sense. Um, he, again, I, I, I understand the concerns. You cannot hire a guy uh, and ruin one season of uh, Russell Westbrook and, and Paul George. Mm-hmm. But look at on the other side of it. Is there anything out there that you can say, oh, wow, I, I want to get that coach? Yeah. And the name of, of that coach is not Carlisle Popovich or, or Budenholzer or Kerr. Well, and like Mike Budenholzer was, was out there as a guy that... W- yeah, it was. But, but right now, like in this summer... Doc Rivers will not be available. Uh, yeah. Steve Kerr will not be available. Sure. Pop, no. Well, if right. Pop becomes available, sure, of course, <laughs> of course, you go there. Yeah. yeah you yeah. pay no. him twenty millions per season. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. There's no clear cut guy. There is none. Exactly. Uh, it's it's a problem. What about Frank Vogel? Yikes. He his history with with PG is not is not awesome. I think he was a big reason why he left. So I, I wouldn't go there. Uh, Steven Silas, you a big Steven Silas guy? No. Is it Paul Silas's son? Mm-hmm. Stan Van Gundy, Ooh. you a big Stan Van Gundy guy? No, I am, but no. Too loud of a mouth to be in OKC. What about Patrick Ewing? Gosh, why is, well, that, Stan, why is why is Stan Van a too loud of a mouth to be an OKC? 
Why is I don't think that it, it fits with a uh, with with OKC way to to run the franchise. He he talks. He says what he wants. He's, re- he's really vocal on what he wants to say, and I don't think that that's, that bounds well with the way the franchise is run in OKC. Tim, okay. Maybe, maybe not. And so tell I me think this: he has the so same t- issues we, we do, that that Billy has. They are great defensive-minded coaches that will bring a very, very good defense to OKC. But I don't think that that is a problem. What's the problem? Uh, the problem is that they they cannot get a sustainable offense. Isn't Ben Ben Gundy had great offenses when he was in Orlando and Miami, right? Wait, you said Je- Jeff Van Gundy or, or Stan? Or, oh, Stan. I was thinking, no, Stan. I, I, I maybe the, 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 the loud being loud. Uh, it's, it's always a problem, but um, the offense is clearly not. I don't know. Uh, his last stint with the uh, with the Detroit Pistons was really uh, bad, and it seems that his way of playing basketball was a tad outdated. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys that have had success, like Mike D'Antoni had like zero success after he left and has like now found a way. I just wonder, like these guys that have these track records in the past of like being like a good coach, like you know who they are. They've they've done well with multiple different stars. I mean, Stan did great with Shaq and D. Wade. He did great with Dwight Howard, who's obviously not a guy that's, Super great uh, to get along with. The only issue with Stan is that the uh, Chesapeake Energy Arena is a uh, a Coca Cola product place, so maybe he wouldn't fit. <laughs> great point. Anyways, I just think I mean we're gonna have a lot more conversations about this. I'm just throwing names out there. I don't know that any of these guys would be the right coach, but to to me, I think it would, and maybe they would go get a. David Vanderpool, who I I don't think it would be a bad hire. I don't think it would be a bad idea. And they haven't even fired Billy yet, so they may not even do it. But I do yeah. think I, I honestly think there's it's time for a change. And I'm I think I'm with you that if I had the the choice of trading Steven Adams or firing Billy and finding a different head coach, I would probably want to just fire Billy and see if you can make it work. Because, one, I just don't want to see Steven Adams traded because he is easily... Because he's the only player that talks to you. He's the most wonderful person in that locker room. And I don't want to see him gone. I really don't. Uh, and I also think he's super talented, and I think he's going to get better. And so I I would hate to see him be better in another city because he would be. And so, yeah, I think that if you can, if you can go get a a different coach that you feel like could handle Russ. And then you make changes on the fringes. You bring back Robertson. You, you do something with the shooting. Like you're going to have to handle the shooting at some point. And that's on Sam Presti, certainly. And Sam is not, I mean, he's, he should take some blame in all of this too, is that at the deadline, he didn't go get any shooting and that's hard to do. I get it. Um, and he, and also they also couldn't have planned for this to be their roster at the end of the season, where they were relying on Ray Felton because they thought they'd have Robertson and Abrinas, and so I get that. And those guys should have been there. Uh, 
if you're planning for the season, you plan on those guys being there at the end there. Um, and it didn't happen. And so part of this is on the GM, certainly. And they've got, they've got, they've got work to do this summer. And they've got to figure some stuff out. But to me, priority number one is finding a coach that can set the identity of the team to where you're not so wishy-washy and just you're this team one minute, you're that team the next minute. And maybe and maybe we find out at the end of this run that that's just the way a Russell Westbrook-led team is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be That could be the case no matter who the coach is. But I think that you got to try. I just don't. To me, you can run the core. You can run the core back. Certainly, I do think that you need to find a big that can shoot, that you can play with Russell at times. But you, you're right. You could handle that as a off the bench big, like you could you could handle it that way. Yeah, but the quick, coach, quick note: the coach needs. I think. I think. I think Billy. I think everybody would probably benefit. Um, from a change yeah i mean think about how okay steven how good steven adams was when schroeder was uh in the point guard position yeah. they had really good chemistry mm-hmm. because schroeder can shoot out of the uh, out of the pick and roll and so if you have a plan to keep uh schroeder and, and adams and you find a big that can shoot uh, in the second unit, you can really run the second unit with Russ, um, yeah. spaced out, and, and, and play like that. And, I mean, the, the, the starting unit uh, will be good anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. it was for this season, it was one of the best in that, in that stretch. You, you can um, make little adjustments and be effective. Um, but you need to make those adjustments, and you need to play um, a better consistent brand of basketball mm-hmm. and it is almost uh like it is weird that the first word that billy said coming in as a coach four years ago was consistency and commitment and these two things are the ones that he didn't get to in in the in the four years because i don't think that russ was ever really committed to to billy's play uh, and it was very far from being consistent. Yeah, he was committed at times, and you could and at it times, was, and it was visible when he was and when he wasn't. Yeah, and yeah. and again, it's a chicken or the egg thing. Is this because he didn't quite believe in what Billy wanted to do, or is it just because he's Russell Westbrook and he's going to do what he wants to do anyways? And uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Maybe there's a coach that could come in and, and demand more and could actually get that consistency. And maybe the, that person just doesn't exist. Uh, Alex, you have, you have thoughts? Any thoughts? Uh, I'm on a, I went to NBA draft.net for okay. my first time this year. <laughs> okay. And uh, checking out the mock draft. Yeah, yeah. Pick number 21 this year. We own our own pick. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Who is he compared to? NBA comparison, Nick Stauskas. Is that really what it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's very exciting. So there you go. That's, that's, that's a good sign to me. So we could get Stauskas and a guy that's compared to Stauskas. 
to fix all of our yeah. problems. And we could use Stauskas while we're preparing the next Stauskas. Oh. Yeah. We we can get we can get Kabengele and and having the big who can shoot. Sorry, that was way too early and way too deep for for this. But that guy, I Florida I really State like. State guy. Yeah, he would, he can really shoot it. He's a very offensive minded big who can block shots. And if he doesn't screw up in the in the draft process, I don't think he will uh, he will be available for OKC. But he's someone I really like. And I think someone who who can be uh, a good player for KC. These kind of guys uh, are are going to have success on on the league. I think uh, maybe Sam Presti will trade Stephen Adams for DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> That's got to be Sam Presti's favorite guy in the draft, right? Yeah, he would probably Six, take seven him. Guys he'd can, probably can take shoot. probably take him number one. I would guess. Wait, but. Can he shoot though? Can he not shoot? Mm. It's not a knockdown shooter. That's that's for sure. Sam has got to love him. Okay. All right. We will Wait, talk <laughs> before you guys leave. Before okay. you guys leave. Okay. Looking back, let's end it on a positive note. Okay. Okay. Good well, idea. What, looking back on this season, what were some of your favorite memories? The, the highlights of the season. I would. I'll start. The Paul George shot against the Utah Jazz, I feel like that was like the number one memory of this season for me because it kind of encapsulated that month when we thought he could potentially win MVP. Mm-hmm. Remember that? That was fun. Mm-hmm. And it was such a crazy shot, such a high degree of difficulty, beating a big rival on the road. What a memory, huh? <laughs> right? Yeah, my, my favorite one is... Uh, his shot against Philly. Yeah, that uh, shot yeah. to to win that improbable game when Ross fouls out and there is any uh, there is no chance that OKC can win that one and he does it. Uh, that in that moment, I thought that he had a real chance to be to be special this season. Yeah, but it was just that shot and a few others. To be fair. Yeah, really, just like all of the Paul George MVP stuff where he looked like he could legitimately win or at least be in the top three. That was fun. That was fun. I'm almost more depressed now talking about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it may be fun again, though, Andrew. It will be fun again. We will have more of this next season. Yeah. Yeah, we get, we get to do this again next season. Andrew. <laughs> That's and that's why I think there's going to be a change. I just don't think you can do this again. Are you going to go to uh, the exit interviews? I plan to. I, from what I understand, they'll be the Thunder will stay in Portland tomorrow, and then they'll be back Thursday. Okay. So I would expect, and they may fly. They may change plans and fly back and have them tomorrow. But I would guess they'll be Thursday. You think we'll get another mellow moment? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know who it would be from. Because nobody, I mean, like, the Thunder just, they played their hearts out. There wasn't, there's not really a scapegoat for this one. I think it's, like, honestly, it's, like, kind of the Thunder culture at this point that is on very shaky ground, in my opinion, is kind of the scapegoat. 
and they there needs to be a shift and a change and that's to me that's it and that's where maybe billy is the scapegoat at this point if it's going to be anybody so i don't know that billy's going to give us a mellow moment i think he's just going to say a lot of words that don't mean anything would be my guess did you uh sorry this is a really random thing real quick did you see this guy on twitter <laughs> who had a really long thread about how everyone was wrong about mellow that he just no. randomly see he, that's, he started, oh, i missed that he started a hashtag called change the mellow narrative <laughs> well somebody um, needs I, to inform him that mellow is not in the nba and is trying to revive himself by wearing a, a beanie instead of a hoodie i think he should go to a hub beanie i think that's what he needs this guy is is passionate. He needs to go to China. That is what he has to do to he revive his career. So good in China. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I think next season he will. They will offer him like five to ten millions to play there, and he will. Yep. Uh, Paul George said that he will address his shoulder this summer and come back healthy next season. Cool. Great. And also that that's a bad bad shot. I don't care what anybody says. That's a bad shot. But hey, he made it. The story won't be told. That it was a bad shot. Of course, the story will, will oh. not say that it was a bad shot. Gosh. A bad shot is when you take it and you and you miss it. If you make it, De- and, I don't and care. It, yeah, and that's not the first it time Dame made shot. that shot this series. Well, it was very far. <laughs> like, it's not, I, the, but I it's not the first time he's made that shot. It's that's a Dame a shot. Bit, a little bit, a little bit uh, farther than the other ones. Sure, he's. He's closer to to mid court than it is to the three point line. He's really close to the to he the. He hit that same mid-court. shot on Russell, and was yeah. that game one? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know. And PG guarded him, and he guarded <laughs> like, him. He contested it. Like, how how yeah. bad has it got to be if you're contesting the shot? Like, exactly. He, I mean, it. Uh, I get where Paul's coming from, but when you're there, are very few guys where like really no shot is a quote unquote bad shot. And obviously, it's a bad shot, quality shot for like most guys in the NBA. But for like Dame and Steph are just on another level; they just are. And I and I think that we're probably going to see that showdown in the conference finals. Like, if the Blazers can keep playing like this, they're going to go to the conference finals. Oh yeah, which, which is just oh, yeah. wild. I mean, that's just oh, yeah. absolutely they will, wild. They will murder Jokic and pick and rolls oh, if God. they play. If they play Denver, yeah, I think uh, they'll play Denver. That'll be an interesting series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. okay, so we'll continue with our shows, just normal <laughs> schedule. You're not shutting it down? I won't be shutting it down. Uh, McKellie and I will talk draft uh, a lot because that's what we like to do when the Thunder aren't playing. So we'll do a lot of draft talk. Uh, we'll obviously talk more about changes that need made. We'll be going to the trade machine. It's going to be fun. We'll still have fun. So. Uh, thank you of guys. Course. Thank you guys for joining us this this whole season. I know the ending is just an absolute bummer. I get it. It sucks, um, but it's been fun uh, to do the this show and to do the show with both of you guys and with the Fry Pod guys. So it's been a, it's been a good time. The thunder the Thunder are going to keep being a team, believe it or not, and they're going to come back. And they're going to. The good thing about this summer is that you're not going to be chewing your nails off on july 1st to see if your star is going to come back 
And so they do get to keep Paul, which is awesome, and then get to figure it out. I mean, you, the Thunder, you obviously don't feel great about this, but the Thunder are still in a in an okay position to try to build something and move forward, and that's that's encouraging that you have two guys that are going to be on the All NBA team. Where, I mean, teams are searching and trying to make trades and figure out a way to at least have one guy on the All-NBA team. And the Thunder have two going into next season. Uh, They have a lot of work to do. They have some changes that need to be made, Uh, whether that's coaching or personnel or whatever it's going to be. They need need something fresh. They need a a new energy. And I don't think that running this crew back is going to get you that. So uh, I think it will be an interesting summer. The Thunder are always interesting, good or bad. They're interesting. And so I would expect the summer to be extremely interesting and uh, probably fun at some points. And we'll have our uh, NBA draft down to dunk party this summer again. So uh, we can get together and and boo whoever they pick and then be totally wrong about it later again. That'll be super fun. So uh, please join us for that. We'll make announcements when it gets closer to that. But uh, we've, we've got a little while until that day comes. So hope you guys have a great day, Alex. McKelly, thanks for being on the show. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Follow McKelly at MikeyBerra. Follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. We'll talk to you guys again Friday morning, where we'll probably be taking some guys to the trade machine. Oh, man. <laughs>